0: It's time to talk University of Richmond basketball. This is Behind the Web with head coach Chris Mooney. Live from World of Beer, 11,600 West Broad Street in Short Pump. Tonight's show is brought to you by CarMax, Lux Chevrolet, World of Beer, and by Cabell Childress Group. Join in online anytime and be a part of the show with your questions and comments. Text 804-327-0888, email behind the web at richmond.edu, or on Twitter using at Spider Voice, at Richmond Athletics, or at ESPN Richmond. Now, here's the voice of the Spiders, Bob Black, with Coach Mooney. This is Behind the Web, presented by World of Beer on 1061 ESPN and the Spider Sports Network.
1: 25 seconds to go. Grace at the three-point line. Drives on Menenga. pulls his way to the basket. He puts it in. And he's fouled. Matt Grace with the hoop to tie the game. And a chance to give Richmond the lead with 19.1 seconds to go. Do I dare say it? Good gracious Matt Grace. 1.7 to go for an Atlantic 10 championship. Lee gets it into Jones. His 3 and the buzzer is no good. No good. The Spiders come pouring off their bench. The Richmond Spiders are Atlantic 10 champions. And their long and winding journey will now take them to the most magical of destinations, the NCAA tournament. Oh, unbelievable. The Spiders are headed to the NCAA. How sweet it is,
0: my man. How sweet it is. This is better than I could have imagined. You know, we're resilient. Uh, We've seen it all year. We had not had a good first half, uh, hadn't had good stretches. At the end of the day, it's about us sticking together. we got 20 guys. We're a deep team. Everybody's willing to go to war for one another, and I think that's what it was about this weekend.
1: What a great weekend it was to be a spider, and we have a house full of spiders for you tonight on our Behind the Web Coaches Show with the head coach of the Atlantic 10 champion Richmond Spiders, Chris Moody. Welcome to the program tonight. Thank you all for coming in this evening, and welcome to our celebration. Uh, Congratulations, Coach. Uh, A lot of smiles, a lot of chills among spider fans for what you and the guys accomplished over the last four days.
2: Yeah, thank you. And thank you, everybody, for being here. The, um, the support and the crowd and the fans in Washington, D.C., was just incredible, uh, really incredible. Every game, the Rhode Island game, and, uh, of course, yesterday was just an amazing atmosphere. And uh, I, I know the guys feel that, and it certainly helped us. And uh, we're so excited and, and, and just uh, so happy. Personally, I'm happy to be with this crew again. And uh, Bob asked if we wanted to do a radio show, and I definitely want to, I didn't want to do anything today, but I wanted to do the radio show, so I'm happy to be with y'all. <laughs> uh, let me tell you a little behind-the-scenes
1: story, and then I just want you to kind of run with it and give me your emotion. So after the Dayton game and we get back to the hotel and everybody eats and they go through the whole refreshing process, Greg and I wound up on the elevator with Jacob Gilliard, who you just heard in that soundbite. And we get off the elevator, and he's, he's walking kind of slowly at, at that point. He did play 40 minutes again. I think I knew that. Yeah. <laughs> and as he gets to his room and Greg and I are walking down the hall, he looks at us and he goes, fellas, 23 years of life and my basketball career comes down to 40 minutes. And I looked at Greg at that point and said, he's got this. But that just to me showed yeah. the magnitude of the importance and what it meant to him and those guys.
2: Yeah, um, yeah, it sure did. I, I think uh, you know, the, the for me as a coach and being in it, the the biggest thing, my biggest takeaway is just how hard it is to make this tournament. You know, um, you know, there are sixty-eight teams uh, out of about over three hundred and fifty, uh, and if you're not in the those top six conferences, I think you know they're usually between four and eight at large bids, um, you know, for 200 schools. that's that's not, Those are not good odds. And then, of course, the, the conference tournament. And so you have – I don't know what's more difficult, you know, when, and we've been in both sp- spots when we're on the bubble um, and following that. And if you're on the bubble, that means you have a tremendous record. Uh, you have very, very few losses, and your resume is being picked apart every day and all those kinds of things. Uh, or to win, you know – we, which we did four games in four days or three games in three days. Uh, it's just extremely challenging. Now, that's why it's so exciting and so rewarding and, and great, but it's it's just so darn hard to get in the thing you know, is what makes it, is what makes it uh, special and, and wonderful and takes a special uh, group like Jacob, Grant, uh, Nate, Nick, I mean, to, to be able to make that happen. Mm-hmm.
1: Coming up on our program tonight, Athletic Director John Hart joins us in the middle segments. We'll take some interaction from you. Emails behind the web at richmond.edu. Text 804 327 in the euphoria of it all, I don't think you got very many specific questions about the strategy mm. of how the Spiders won Sunday against Davidson. So if you don't mind, I yeah. would ask a couple of strategic, strategic questions. And I did hear this on the CBS telecast, went back and watched it last night and again this morning, down five, a minute 17 to go. And they were talking about, you know, a lot of teams in this situation would just start jacking up threes because they need to get back and they think that's the quickest way to do it. We had threes, but we had the old-fashioned threes, the two Tyler Burton and ones, and then obviously the the sensational and one from Matt Grace. Was that the design at that point? Because I would argue, Chris, that you came back from 15 a couple of times, and that's pretty good. But to come back on Davidson from five down with a little over a minute to go, that might have been the most spectacular of all of them.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. Um, yeah. You know, one, i whenever I talk about the Davidson game that we play, you know, we just have a tremendous amount of respect for every part of their, uh, program. I, I just think they're nearly perfect. You know, they're, they <clears throat> they, they just operate in a way that is, uh, it's great basketball, but their players, their timeouts, their decision-making is all just really, really excellent. And, uh, so most of the games we've played with them have been high scoring, generally high scoring and very few turnovers. The games are often fast. You know, my original a- athletic director at Lansdale Catholic would have loved these games because they were fast. He just wanted to sweep the floor and get the bleachers pushed in. <laughs> um, but the games move quickly because there's not a ton of fouling and, you know, it's not that kind of basketball. And so um but we really guarded one another yesterday. And I thought the toughness and the grit is sometimes observing the toughness and the grit is sometimes lost in these games because there, there are very many pretty plays. Um, But yesterday that was at the forefront and they guarded us really well. um, And we did, we actually, uh, and there was a timeout late, uh, maybe around the four minute mark where we just said, you know, no, no, don't be timid, you know, take, drive the ball, get the ball in the lane. Uh, and the thing about uh, – Lee and I were talking this morning. The thing about, uh, you know, a blown lead in college basketball, it's a, that's, that's not exactly how it works. You know, when you score, the other team gets the ball. That's the rule. They can have the ball. They can score. They don't have to let you run the full clock. They can foul you immediately when you get the ball in bounds. The games can be stretched out. So it's not as um, – i feel like it's not it's not like a baseball lead i feel i feel like where that seems safer at a certain a certain number mm-hmm. a basketball with the three-point shot with the ability to stop the clock essentially whenever you want makes it a little bit more challenging and so we we wanted to be aggressive and drive and that that was that was certainly what we wanted to do we didn't have quite as much success from three-point range we're posting up which we traditionally have done against davidson um and so we wanted to drive the ball and uh those three plays are, are big, and also Davidson, uh, they don't get whistled for very many fouls. And, uh, and so we wanted to drive the ball and stay aggressive, and we were able to do that, and, and it, it really, really paid off. Um, uh, you know, and, and Tyler were just gigantic, and then Matt's was, you know, <laughs> incredible, incredible.
1: Where was he on the option chain on that play? Because that was an inbound, and we yeah. all know how great your inbounds are. That you can try and get something right from out of bounds under. How did it all unfold?
2: Yeah, so we, we tried to – well, the first option was to run a lob for Tyler, and which we had thrown earlier in the game and and didn't – it was a little harder layup. He didn't convert. And we moved where guys were so that wouldn't give away, and we tried it again. Um, and Jacob, you know – didn't feel quite as comfortable. I don't think it would have been a great play. And then Jacob come in and get the ball back, and then have this screening or what we call a, a fake screen. You know, you pretend you're going to screen and not to throw that ball back to Matt, as that ball was thrown. Andre cuts. So everybody's involved in the in the play, and Matt made a great decision because um, he you know this fake screen got him open, but not quite open enough to shoot. Andre wasn't open on the dry on this cut. And then uh, Matt decided to drive, and you know uh, it just made a strong drive, a confident drive, uh, and was able to to get the ball in the basket so you know obviously uh, jacob would would be the default person to have the ball in in all situations, uh, but Jacob also makes great decisions and has a great feel for the 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 kind of the balance of the defense and and where they're shading towards and so Matt made a great play, i mean a really really um Career-changing play, I would think, for him uh, because that was, that was tremendous. He had two of those. Yes, he you know, did. He had yes, two career-changing
1: plays yes, with did. the three-pointers. Well, uh, I use this phrase a lot on a football broadcast when a guy gets hit and still is able to move forward and picks up the first down, and we call it a weight room first down. Mm-hmm. To me, that was a weight room layup by Matt Grace because Sam Menenga fouled him a couple of times, and I'm sure in his thinking was I'm going to foul him hard enough that he's not going to be able to make the layup, and sure enough, Matt Grace made the layup.
2: Yeah, right, exactly. He, he did. Um, yeah, there, there, and Sam is a strong, strong guy. Um, but yeah, I think really, uh, you know, um, that for lack of a better word, the technique on his play that, you know, when, when when we have a guy drive and you can't get by a guy, the way we say it is turn it into a post move. So you, you get cut off on your drive, but rather than pick up your dribble, you keep your dribble and you turn your back to the basket. Uh, and it was that kind of a play. And when he did that, uh, Matt's favorite move is to go over his left shoulder for a right-handed jump hook. And he, he's such a good dribbler and ball handler that it can look so fluid even though he's exerting his strength on the play.
1: All right, last one, then we'll take the break. And John Hart... Uh, will join us here at the head table. Take us through the defensive thinking and strategy, and what happened in the final two and a half seconds when Davidson inbounds on its baseline, gets the ball to mid court, gets a phantom timeout. <laughs> Still wondering about that. That maybe you could explain.
2: And then obviously the last play. Yeah. So um, yeah. So there were a few timeouts. You described it perfectly, but there were it seemed like there eight were timeouts. Yes, it did. <laughs> so. You know, Jet, we have two ways to defend it. We'll put a guy on the ball, um, you know, which uh, in the Christian Leitner shot and the Duke Kentucky game, they didn't have a guy on the ball. So most people think you have to have a guy on the ball because that's the one they remember. Uh, And then we have one where Nate's off the ball. And so um, on that one, they need to inbound the ball deep. Uh, And of course, if they get the ball past half court, then they get it at the the hash Hash mark mark, rather than where they call timeout mm-hmm. call the timeout mm-hmm. so uh we wanted nate to play at the basically at the depth of the farthest davidson guy up so uh so if they were all at half court he'd be at half court in front of them if they were at the top of the key he'd be to them and so they teams usually throw the ball in the middle third of the court there because then they can Turn and shoot, or make a pass off of that play, and so he's kind of responsible for. He's a free safety, but in reverse, he's in the front, mm-hmm. but he's a free safety, and he's stolen a few of these passes in these situations. Um, and but they threw the ball down the alley, mm-hmm. or, or you know, up the sideline, which is a good play. It was similar to what we did at the end of the uh, Dayton game yep. at, in the Robin Center, mm-hmm. and they threw the ball. Now, the bad part about the challenge of that is that ball has a little tail to it. It's it's harder to catch it and maintain when you're not in the court, and it's pulling you a little bit toward the sideline, and you might travel. Yes, you might. You might catch that ball and travel three steps, and or step out of bounds. Team cameras for don't Davidson, blink. By the way, <laughs> luckily for Davidson, that didn't happen, and they were able to get that timeout. Um, now, who called that timeout? Is that's that... a great question. So
1: that's why I'm a reporter, Coach. <laughs> <laughs>
2: in the last two minutes. The coach is allowed to call it. Uh, I've had some people on further review they did not see that whistled. Um, uh, but anybody on the floor, essentially anybody on the floor bench could call it at that point. My question would be is, if you don't legally have the ball, then are you allowed to call timeout? And then there's also a rule, you can't call timeout to save yourself from falling out of bounds. Or when you're already out of bounds. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so all right let's get past that because yeah. i think we all obviously agree by the roar of the crowd Sounds like it. and and now you still have to defend them with yeah. 1.7 to go
2: now this is the last team you want to play yeah. in this situation because not only will davidson have a play they'll have a play and a counter and a counter to the counter that they've practiced and uh and I, i'm telling you that you know I, I believe he's the i really believe he's the best coach we've that I've coached against Um, and the play was great and they, they did it in such a way that it would be hard to switch just because of the angle of where the guy's coming out. And we're, we're up two, so a two point shot ties the game also. Uh, But Andre Gustafson, it it couldn't be, couldn't have been more perfectly defended. Um, And essentially because he had no time, you know, he had his hands perfectly vertical Mm -hmm. Uh, without giving any space, and the shot, you know, essentially had no chance to go anywhere. Yeah,
1: just a great play.
2: Per, I mean, play Goose was incredible. Watch that ten yeah.
1: times, and it's just the way you guys draw. It was him. incredible. Truthfully, yeah, yeah, it and was.
2: and we were glad he was on. We put him on Jones. The only change we made is we put Grant on the ball mm-hmm. to make it for a difficult throw in, um, and that essentially does take away that area of the court for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they threw it on, on the one option to the side, but Andre was just. Perfect in his defense. That was sensational. Spectacular. Yeah, it was.
1: Let's take a break. Come back. John Hart, athletic director, joins us here in the middle segments. We'll talk more on Behind the Web from World of Beer on one oh six one ESPN, your home of the Atlantic 10 champion Richmond Spiders.
0: When buying or her- dancing, the Richmond Spiders are back in the NCAA tournament. Taking on Iowa this Thursday afternoon at 310. ten.
1: Three Isaiah Wilson! Swishes it from the top of the The
0: Atlantic 10 tourney champs play here. 106.1 ESPN the timeouts over now more behind the web from world of beer in short pump on 1061 espn and the spider sports
1: network burton in the three-point line inside the arc drives into the hoop lays it up good and a foul tyler burton pulls his way to the hoop
3: for the bucket and one
1: great play a bit tyler's been on a
3: mission you know That's what it's all about. Uh, I think after that St. Joe's loss, I walked in the training room. Coach Mojo was in there. He's like, you ready to rock? And I was like, yeah, this is what this whole journey's all about, man. It's all about ups and downs and trials and tribulations. Having good days and bad days, but you just got to keep stacking those good days and they result in this. Living the dream, surviving events.
1: Couldn't have said it any better and couldn't have played it any better. Tyler Burton, who we talked about in that first segment with the back to back uh, three point plays in that championship game and Help the Spiders on their way to the NCAA tournament. Athletic Director John Hart joins us to talk about All of that on the show tonight. And just as a quick backside, we normally do bring a player or two, but I think it's understandable those guys need to be resting right now. They need to be getting away from basketball a little bit today. And uh, Coach was kind enough to say, yeah, let's do the show, as he mentioned on on his opening comments. Uh, But let's do it without any players tonight. So you're hearing a few of the sound bites from them as we come back from commercials from when we were live on the court uh, with our great guy Matt Smith over here yesterday afternoon and evening. All right, John Hart, uh, welcome to World of Beer. Welcome to the show. What did that weekend feel to you? What did it mean to you personally and and what it means to uh, not only the basketball program but the athletic department at Richmond?
3: Well, Bob, thanks for inviting me on tonight. And always fun to uh, sit right next to Coach Mooney and listen to his analysis and insights. Uh, (laughs) They're fascinating and entertaining. I love both (laughs) those things. Uh, What's it mean to us? As we were discussing earlier on, Bob, I... I think it means the world to us. I, I hear from as many of our uh, fans, alumni, se- season ticket holders. I'm looking out and seeing a lot of familiar faces uh, with lots of smiles on them uh, tonight. And it, it really, th- this is just what we needed to soothe our souls here in Spider Nation. And it's, uh, it's been a long time coming. And I was talking earlier on, too. You, you just never know. You, you think you're going to be at the top of the mountain forever. And it's been a long time. And, and to get back there... Uh, with Chris's good leadership and the outstanding play. Uh, it, it's just been exciting, it's been thrilling, and it's been a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And, and we haven't had all those combined, you know, for a period of time. And, and I, the more I think about it, the more I, I really understand how much this must mean to our sixth-year and fifth-year seniors. Mm-hmm. And uh, what they uh, sacrificed and their dedication to get us back into this position – uh, I, I just think's outstanding. So it's really, you know, we talk about leadership, we talk about determination, we talk about grit, resilience, all those things. This this past uh, weekend was the absolute embodiment of that, and I think it's uh, defining for the Spider basketball program. I had said that
1: after it was over and, and after we had won, that it was probably appropriate that every game was hard. Every game was a challenge because there was so much that was hard and so much that was challenging over the past several years, that you, you could have done it the Davidson way where they won every game by double figures. I know that would have been nice, Coach. I, I get it. I get it. But I just think there's some symmetry there that the way we won those four games kind of, John, embodied
3: what we've been through for the past several years. Yeah, it's absolutely was a gritty performance. Uh, it, it was, in, in a long weekend, the roller coaster ride that we've been on. And I really do think it's a reflection of the ups and downs that we've had in the last four years. And uh, to have it finally pay off with a championship that was won on the court, I think is especially gratifying. And, and now to uh, have captured a berth in the big dance and uh, ironically to be playing my alma mater, it, it just sort of makes it a very fun uh, uh, March Madness episode from, from my perspective. Ah, you stole the next question. Ah, How well, about that? Know. Sorry. So, so for those of you who don't
1: know, John Hart is a proud Iowa grad, terrific football player there, played in the Rose Bowl, right? At, at Iowa, uh, so there there is a connection there, but not
3: an allegiance—at least not
1: this weekend. Oh well, heck, no!
3: <laughs> I, I find it amusing and entertaining that the most popular question I've had in the last, you know, 24 hours is, you know, do you feel conflicted? And it, it takes me about a nanosecond to say, no. Go, Spiders! Beat those Hawkeyes! <laughs>
1: When did it dawn on you, Chris Moody, that John Hart was an Iowa grad, and here come the Hawkins.
2: Well, well, also, uh, our video Darius. coordinator, Gary yes. Stokes, is yes. also a, uh, an Iowa grad. Maybe so more importantly,
1: because it's been a, maybe little, more importantly. a little bit more just a little bit Somewhat more recently, more recently he yeah. might have
2: a little insight for you. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, no, yeah, he's familiar with with them. He actually went back, and uh, or he's, he's been close with Fran and – coach McCaffrey and their staff so he knows uh, he has a little bit of insight and we're going to try to use every every ounce we can get. (laughs) John what does it mean um, bottom line to be back in the
1: NCAA tournament for Richmond and for Davidson and for the Atlantic 10 conference to have multiple teams in this tournament and can we steal Loyola's money as well because they're coming to join us next year
3: well it's all good it really is I mean there's there's not a downside and I was explaining this uh, phenomena to uh, our new president uh, Kevin Halleck uh, as we were uh, there on the celebrating the victory uh, with the team on the floor and 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 there's just like you can't imagine all the positives that uh, really spin out from getting in the NCAA tournament. It's a week-long infomercial across the nation about spider basketball, about the A-10, about the achievement of this team, about how we were able to earn a position in the tournament. And uh, to, to have that kind of continued focus on the University of Richmond is just priceless. It's absolutely priceless, both for the university and the athletic program, and especially the, the men's basketball program. So, you know, it, it really is a tremendous, tremendous benefit to get back to the dance. Hey, Chris, at, at what
1: point does does that, do you kind of absorb absorb that, that this is, sure, it's a men's basketball thing, but it's also a University of Richmond thing?
2: Yeah, I mean, f- for me, and maybe because I've been here for a long time, I mean, I, I, I feel the, uh, uh, I, I wouldn't call it pressure, but I I I know how great it is for all of our sports, um, you know, when when the basketball team's doing well, and so just the exposure to be on CBS for two hours yesterday, and um, you know the behind the scenes things, and the last four days we're on national television, and, uh, we had a bunch of national television games uh, this year. The biggest thing is is being in the NCAA tournament, and I just know how much it impacts. That, that's that's what I. Feel the most is how much it impacts cross country and uh, you know field hockey and women's lacrosse and the football team because uh, there's such a a brand identity that comes with this kind of exposure and especially if you can play well and uh, represent yourselves well, uh, it really has a major impact uh, that you couldn't you couldn't purchase you know it wouldn't be available for purchase so um, you know I, I feel I feel like I hope. And I think that that would really help all of our, all of our other sports uh, because how, how much exposure college basketball gets.
1: John, what's, what's happening behind the scenes now? Because now the next step occurs, and that is getting to Buffalo, New York. And obviously there's going to be ticket demands, and there's going to be other requests that you're going to get that, that as you said, we haven't had here for a little while. Now, I know you had uh, some of that experience at, at Bucknell, right, before you came to Richmond.
3: Well, it doesn't take long to knock the rust off. I could tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were uh, in action as the the final sh- shot and buzzer was going on at the arena, and uh, it's been a it's been a busy uh, f- twenty four hours. I can't tell you that it's been very restful for any of our staff members. Uh, but the behind the seats uh, work of the athletic department and the staff are incredible, and I. Be remiss if I didn't give a shout-out to David Walsh, who works tirelessly behind the scenes in support of Spider basketball, and uh, Ryan Colton, our uh, chief of staff and NSA compliance person, who uh, really has had an important role in, in in supporting the program. But it really is an all-hands-on deck, as you know, Bob. I mean, it's, uh, you know, Jason Vita, I don't know, probably has gotten many hours of sleep. And... Uh, and, uh, and uh, <laughs> But you know we, we can sleep in April is is the motto right? That's the motto. So, uh, but really it, it, it's the work of dozens and dozens of people to get get ready to move the basketball team and, and our support staff up to to Buffalo mm-hmm. to for that first round showdown with the Hawkeyes. Uh, I was remiss and didn't mention,
1: but uh, when Jason came in tonight, he brought the championship trophy with him. So I know we're on the radio and all, but the championship trophy with the the net having been cut down is is up here on a tall table and fans have been coming up getting their picture taken and you can continue to do that so Jason thank you for bringing that in I know it took your kids and your wife to help you carry it in because it's a pretty pretty heavy trophy but whatever it takes to get them in here uh, we're, we're certainly happy about that all right let's take a break a uh, little more than halfway through the program John stick around for another segment if you'd like and coach Mooney and we'll get to some emails and texts as well behind the web special edition from world of beer on the home of the spiders 1061 ESPN. You know, there ain't no- are heading to the NCAA tournament
0: and so is 1061 ESPN.
1: The Richmond Spiders are Atlantic 10 champions.
0: Listen for live coverage all week and the game versus Iowa on Thursday at 2:30 on 1061 ESPN. Let's get back to the show. Behind the Web presented by World of Beer and Short Pump. Once again, here's Bob Black on the Spider Sports Network and 1061 ESPN.
1: Gilliard, right of the lane, bounce pass underneath the Golden, reverse layup, ties the game. Golden with 16, we're even with 3.45 to go.
2: Who's going to the final? I'm the sky a little feeling. Uh, only the guys in this locker room really know what we went through these last couple years. That's why all these guys decided to come back. That's why I wanted to come back, because this is a, this exact moment. And to be here now, it, it's truly undescribable. Grant
1: Golden, uh, all-tournament team, Atlantic 10. Thought he had a great comment because he did get shunned from the all-conference teams during the regular season, and he pointed out yesterday, this is the all-conference team that I wanted to be on, the all-tournament team, and hoisting that championship trophy As well. Uh, Again, that was Grant off of uh, our live coverage yesterday on the floor uh, after the game yesterday, and um – Chris, I know Grant was also asked about this in the, in the post postgame, so, and you were sitting there when he gave the answer. But before I ever do that, uh, just another really funny story. So Matt's out on the court interviewing Jacob Gilliard live, and all of a sudden, and Matt can collaborate that, he's here, he's here tonight. Jacob looks at his phone, and he just starts laughing. He says, I've got to go for a minute. He had a FaceTime call from Marcus Jenkins. Uh, <laughs> right then yeah, and there. Yeah. Took yeah. How about that? Yeah. Thought that
2: was really cool. That's pretty cool. It interrupted
1: a great interview, and he had a great (laughs) answer. But for Marcus Jenkins to call him, that was just really cool. All right, so then Grant Golden got asked a, a question by a reporter about what it's been like through the six years, through the first year where, you know, he had the health scare with the heart. And, and I've never heard Grant do this before. He's always given us great answers, but he prefaced it by saying, sorry, but this is going to be a long yeah. answer. Yeah. And he went through the entire
2: six-year progression. As you're sitting there listening to that, what do you, you kind of think? Um, well, yeah, you know, he's obviously amazing and uh, just a, a tremendous kid. Um, yeah, I'm just... You know, I'm kind of going along with them, and, uh, you know, the, the incident that happened um, when he was a freshman in the Texas Tech game, you know, was uh, just the scariest, worst thing that has ever happened to me on, on the court. And, uh, um, you know, I don't know if everybody knows this story, but uh, w- one of our best friends or our best friends with the boys, um, uh, Leo Gazzoni and his wife Farnaz, were at the game, that game, and, and Leo Farnaz is a heart surgeon. So when Grant had collapsed, we all assumed uh, that it was a head injury, you know, because we're just everybody's hyper-aware of concussions, and and there was no other thing that it could have been. And so he was sitting in the seats, you know, with Lee and the boys, which, as everybody knows now, are right behind the bench. and uh, And so he had called me over in the midst of the chaos and said, that's his heart, that's his heart. And so we had him come on the floor, and he kind of took over, the protocols from there, uh, which was very, very helpful. Obviously treating your heart is a little bit different. And so, um, you know, that, that was so scary. And, you know, the rest of that year for him was a time for him to, um, he didn't travel with the team. Um, it was a time for him to really, I I think one, you know, get back in shape and, but really develop confidence that he, that he could play. Uh, he, he just had the chance to see things a little bit differently, than most freshmen or especially guys who were playing. And so, um, yeah, it was, you know, from then, you know, starting when he first got here until then, he's just been so outstanding as a person and a teammate. Um, and I, I just felt like he has never, you know, I've, I've gotten more texts from him apologizing for a game that we didn't <laughs> win than, than anybody else combined. and. You know, that's just the way he feels and the way he does it. And uh, just an amazing, very, very unique in in today's college basketball world. Another reason why
1: I made it all worthwhile last night to win that game, check that box, off to the NCAA tournament. Uh, John Hart, athletic director, is with us. Uh, John, I would say if there was one disappointment, and Chris voiced this, about the NCAA tournament and it coming up this week and you can understand why he would have loved a Friday game instead of a Thursday game is there anything you can tell us about the machinations of how the committee determines that and if they put any thought into if you're playing a Sunday championship game that they might give you till Friday now I was in the same boat we get it in fact they were even a little they played two hours you know later than, than we did yesterday but any consideration to what day you play on? And-
3: I think they leave that literally up to the leagues to decide in their overall governance, like what days their tournaments are going to be on, and they don't get into it too much, quite frankly, when they're filling in the, the bracket. It's really more about the profile of the team, win-loss and uh, net, and all those wonderful measures that we all debate all the time. Mm-hmm. But they, they really kind of put everybody in the same equal footing regardless of what your turnaround time is. And it's just sort of the way it goes. They've got an awfully multifaceted set of variables to begin with, and that's just one that uh, I've never heard them refer to or point out to as a factor in uh, where they play and who they have playing when. Uh,
1: We love to go behind the scenes and behind the web. Any communication during the week with the commissioner of the Atlantic 10 who's on the men's basketball? committee, Bernadette McGlade, or pretty much sequestered and you stay away from that?
3: You know, it's been odd, uh, quite frankly, having our commissioner serve on the men's basketball Mm. committee because you might think there would be more communication. The fact of the matter is there's absolutely uh, less communication to the point of, at certain points, zero communication. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, they keep them uh, under pretty close watch, quite frankly. They sequester them in the hotel. There's no, uh, you know, call-outs during the meeting. And so, uh, really haven't had a lot of communication with uh, Bernadette McGlade, and uh, and that's fine. She's got a job to do, and we have our job mm-hmm. to do. And you know, we delivered the goods on this one, and uh, that's really what we were, we were intended to do. And uh, mission accomplished. Uh, so so you know, she she put together the bracket, and I think that does a great job in that committee and a fine job representing the A10. But no, there hasn't been a lot of communication. It
1: didn't seem like there was a lot of you know venom, as I said to the committee this time around with who got in, who didn't get in. I haven't looked at it that closely. I don't know if you guys uh, paid attention to much of that after we saw the Richmond name go up on the screen. It probably didn't matter. But I don't know. It didn't seem like
2: it, did it? I, I haven't – I don't – you know, I don't care. <laughs> oh, very <true. laughs> But no, but I haven't seen a lot of – I haven't seen a lot of debate. Uh, the only thing I saw is uh, Will Gype is a – Tennessee fan, SEC fan, yeah. that they should have been a two, two. seed, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and they weren't. But that's all I've really heard. Like you said, who yeah, cares? Who cares? <laughs> uh,
1: so, what's the attack of the job now? Because it is a Thursday, and you had mentioned it yesterday. You would have loved the Friday, uh, even before it was announced. So maybe you're trying to put a bug in the committee's ear, and yeah. they w- they weren't listening, Coach. <laughs> no. Sorry about that. What's the attack now to to kind of mapping out the
2: next several days? Well, we gave the guys totally off today. Um, you know, obviously a very demanding schedule the last four days, uh, emotional. And we wanted them to have as much time and rest as they could today and not think about, you know, uh, these things. Tomorrow uh, we're finding out, we'll find out this evening when we're leaving tomorrow. So um, we'll, we'll probably practice, you know, right before we leave. So we'll, we'll try to practice, have something for the guys to eat, shower, have something for the guys to eat and leave. So if we leave at 7, we'll, we'll work backwards from there. So it'll be a lot of scouting tonight and tomorrow uh, for the coaches. And then tomorrow's practice probably won't be, uh, you know, I would never say light, but uh, tomorrow's practice won't be that taxing uh, and we will probably go fairly hard on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. All right. We will look for that, certainly. I'm going to take final break.
1: Uh, John, we'll let you go. Thank you very much for being here. Love the perspective. And we definitely got you on the record. There's no doubt, you know who John Hart's rooting for uh,
3: come Thursday afternoon. No doubt whatsoever. <laughs> go Spiders. Go
1: Spiders. <laughs> we go to break. We'll be right back. Got some texts and emails, and we'll wrap it up. We'll find out what Co- Coach Moody already knows about Iowa uh, moving forward. The Spiders' opponent Thursday three ten airtime here on 106.1 will be at two thirty uh, from Buffalo with our pregame show. Back with our final segment coming up next on the home of the Spiders, 1061 ESPN. Bet MGM the King. Go no dancing.
0: The Richmond Spiders are back in the NCAA tournament, taking on Iowa this Thursday afternoon at 310. Free
1: Isaiah Wilson swishes it from the top of the key.
0: The Atlantic 10 tourney champs play here. 106.1 ESPN. Keeping you up to date with Richmond basketball, this is Behind the Web from World of Beer, 11,600 West Broad Street on 1061 ESPN. From PlayFly, this is the Spider Sports Network.
1: Wow, we got a special guest here at the table here, Chris. <laughs> now, what age do you think he started doing this? Because we've been doing this coach's show for a long time. Yeah.
2: I think I have pictures on my phone uh, from when he was maybe two or three years old uh, at, at some coaches' shows.
1: What do you got, Danny?
0: Uh, about what? You're,
1: uh, you're live now, <laughs> right? Those other ones, we used to do this after the show was over. Do you remember that?
3: <laughs> yes, I do Okay, good. that.
1: All right. What was le- yesterday like for you, Danny Mooney? And your brother, uh, who's emotional. right
3: next to you. I, I did not know if we were going to win or not with a minute left.
1: <laughs> uh, the television cameras got to pick that up. Have you watched yourself on television with your mom and?
3: Yeah, I had like ten texts of me crying. So. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, you, you you did a great yeah. <laughs> so now you excited for what's
3: next? Yeah, very excited. This is a non-stressful game coming
1: up. Why do you say that?
3: Because there's nothing to lose. Ah,
1: interesting. Your dad might disagree a little bit with that. (laughs) Well, congratulations to you and your brother Ryan and Leah are all here tonight, uh, right now, hanging around the trophy. Ryan, you want to say a word or two? Come on, we'll do it. Uh, We talk about this being a family all the time, and this kind of personifies that. (laughs) Now, you were doing a little more cheering and fist-pumping <laughs> while your mom and brother were, like, crying, actually. How, what, what was it like for you yesterday?
2: Um, I kind of had stress inside of me, not outside. Mm-hmm. I, I just wanted to enjoy the moment.
1: Good for you. And you did get to enjoy that moment. And then did you go back and watch yourself on television? Yeah. Yeah. What What'd you think of seeing yourself on TV? It looked like I was very pumped up. <laughs> <laughs> you were very pumped up. Let's get you back on TV a little bit more. So first appearance for the guys. That's great. Live. That's great. Live, for sure. Way to go, fellas. Oh, no. Way to go. All right. <laughs> Chris, one of the beauties of this, and we were just talking about it a little bit. Is all the people that you hear from after something yep. like this, and, and at least in my certainly from years and years going back, was there one text or call or something that really kind of and it's a tough question? I should yeah. have prepped you for it, but no. I didn't. Um, that, that kind of took you back a little bit. It's somebody I hadn't heard from from a while. I can't believe I'm hearing from so and so, that kind of thing.
2: Well, uh, it made me think of a couple of uh, well, we had a lot of former spiders in the building. Oh, we sure did, yes. Uh, which was. Which was incredible for me. That's a little bit overwhelming to talk about, but we had a lot of former Spider players. Um, you know, a, a couple of interesting ones, uh, former Atlantic 10 players, uh, Jimmy Barron Jr., oh, a really yeah. great player at, yep. at Rhode Island. Uh, that one really uh, caught me off guard. Uh, Bradford Burgess, uh great player wow, uh, somewhere. Similar. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, uh, we can say it now. Yeah, we beat him. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, a couple former conference players that Mm. uh, was that seemed um, crazy, but uh, yeah, so many people, and you know, um, again, it's it's there's so much um, coverage and exposure to it, and it's so exciting. Um, it's, it, you can't help but to get caught up in it. Absolutely. No no, no doubt about that.
1: Uh, let me do a couple of quick texts. A lot of these were just congratulations. Um, and just in the interest of time, I won't go through them all. Ivan was one of them. Okay. No question. <laughs> just congratulations, Coach, on a great weekend. Uh, this is a question that caught me a little off guard because I didn't see this. At one of the timeouts in the last couple of minutes, Coach Mooney spent most of it talking one-on-one with Jacob. What was that conversation about, if you remember and can tell us? <laughs> well, <laughs>
2: Probably, Jacob, what should we do?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, he did tell the story, speaking of, of that, of um, the the play when Matt hit the three-pointer, that he had actually called the play because it was a play for him, yeah. and it didn't work out, right. and he had to go to option yeah. B. Is that accurate? That is accurate. Yeah.
2: Well, and, and partly it's, Jacob, What would you, what should we do? Because he does have the best insight. But it's also partly because... Rather than argue with him and then him getting his way, we only have a certain amount of time in the timeouts. So I just say, Jacob, what should we do? And uh, that is uh, in, in one of the games, I forget which, the official. Jacob's. we've really worked on this. He's become better with the referees. The coach still is, is a work in progress. But the referee came over and said, I, I don't want to hear any more from number zero. And, um, they didn't
1: even call him by name. Didn't even Come call him my name. Come on. And I
2: and I said, I said, okay, I'll I'll speak to him. And then after the timeout, I said I I spoke to him, uh, and he said, look, he's a great player, but um, he asked me a question, I give him an answer, and then he gives me a wisecrack response. That's Jacob. And I said, well, for five years, that's the exact same pattern of conversation I've had. So. <laughs>
1: Hopefully that loosened the guy up a little <laughs> For bit. For sure. At that For point. Sure. Uh, the, other, uh, the other refrain we heard from several guys last night, and just finished this thing up tonight on the family front, that that several of them said, hey, we're a family from 1 to 20. 1 to 20 kind of became a catchphrase with these guys last night. A very unusual year, obviously, where you would have 20. But I think they really, Chris, kind of took that to heart, and they all specifically said, you know, from 1 to 20 we won this yeah. thing.
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, again, I, I I've complimented the super seniors so often uh, and they decided to come back uh in a world where they they could be, you know, they could be at four different schools that are all Power 5 conferences. Um and then my, my next thought would be the guys who were here when those guys came back to increase the size of their roster to 20. Nobody transferred. Nobody Nobody requested to talk to me. Nobody, um, you know, wanted to find out what their role was going to be or how many shots they were going to get. Uh, and this is pretty significant. You know, you're going from, you know, maybe Jacob Gilliard leaving uh, and a lot of minutes to Jacob Gilliard coming back, and those are 40 minutes that are now off the table um, and the same at every position. So uh, I, th- those guys, uh, you know, when it come, to me it comes back to I, I think Matt and I uh, through choked up tears yesterday on the interview, uh, you know what they they're they're here because they love Richmond, and that's that's the best
1: part. And that's the end of our show for tonight. All right. Maybe not the last one, but right. congratulations, Coach Thank Mooney, to you and one through twenty, and the rest of the support staff that that made this happen. And thanks to all of you, and thanks for that standing ovation for Coach Mooney and the Atlantic Ten champion Richmond Spiders. We'll talk to you from Buffalo on Thursday afternoon at 2.30, Richmond and Iowa at 3.10. Thank you all for being here tonight at World of Beer, 11,600 West Broad Street, and the home of the Atlantic 10 champion, Richmond Spiders, 1061 ESPN.
0: been listening to behind the web from World of Beer 11,600 West Broad Street featuring headman's basketball coach Chris Mooney. Tonight's show has been brought to you by Carmax, luck Chevrolet, World of Beer, and by Cabell Children's Group. Join us throughout the college basketball season for behind the web presented by World of Beer in Short Pump. Thanks for listening, and stay in touch with Richmond Athletics on the flagship station of the Spider Sports Network, ESPN Richmond. Executive producer Mitchell Bradley. This has been a presentation of Playfly Sports in association with Richmond Sports Properties.
1: We'll have the latest news from around the Atlantic Coast Conference.